Wake Up with Patty Catter. I love the show. I never miss an episode. It's the best. I turn it on and turn it up. Hello, everybody. You're listening to and watching Wake Up with Patty Catter. Today, I have an extremely special guest on the show because I, I was seeking him out to be on the show. I thought he was so cool. His name is Jay Hutton, and Jay is the CEO of a company called Visibility. And I've already told some of the listeners that Visibility is a company that is cybersecurity, basically, and some other things, but I don't want to mess it up. I want you all to hear from the um, horse's mouth. <laughs> Jay, Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you, Patty. Good morning. You're welcome. Before we dive into your company, which is really neat, you guys, like think Terminator, but good guys. Um, Jay, <laughs> would you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and who you are and where you came from? Sure. I understand that most of your audience is American. So I have to confess up front that I am Canadian. <laughs> and uh, for now, approaching one year have been um, sequestered on this, this side of the border. Uh, I have, and I work in Philadelphia. I have an apartment in Philadelphia, but I haven't been there since February of 2020. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we're, we're all, we're, I mean, we're demonstrating this year, aren't we, Patty, that we're an adaptable species. We That's figure it sure. out, man. <laughs> That's for sure. It's been it a crazy yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. Happy to see it um, in the rearview mirror. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm excited for what this year is holding. Um, I already know it's going to be good. It's been great so far for me personally. So Jay, could you tell our listeners, what is Visibility? Sure. Um, so Visibility is about a five-year-old company, uh, starting with really the premise of using computers and cameras to interpret the things that they see. And when I talk about the two sort of pillars of the company's uh, go-to-market or, or business model, I think about retail and security. Let me break down what's relevant in each of those categories for you. In retail, computer vision is bombarding retail because retailers themselves, folks that own and run small business, large business, want to understand uh, what's happening geospatially or in real time in their store. This is be this is taking a brand new spin on things post COVID because if you have a retail operation in Sarasota, Florida that has a 50,000 square feet grocery store, your capacity in that grocery store is now managed by government protocol. It's less than it used to be. And so that's a perfect example of how computer vision, taking video streams and understanding and contextualizing those video streams can do something very basic like counting people, counting people in, counting people out, as opposed to putting a $15 an hour worker with full PPE and a thermal detection gun at the entrance to do all of this and expose that person over and over and over to people coming in. So we've got a retail portion of the business that talks about those sorts of things, operational elements. Another example might be 25 year old female comes into the store on a Saturday and this is her shopper journey. She goes to the deli, she goes to Frozen, she goes to um, uh, buy a case of beer, and then in 14 and a half minutes, she exits uh, the location. We track all of that. Now, it's not all that interesting to understand the movements of one shopper, one time, one event. But if you could capture that across many, many days, many, many millions of shoppers, 
you develop plans and and, uh, insights that you would not otherwise have, inspired by and given to you by the collection of data from cameras. This is all anonymous. It doesn't expose Patty Catter as Patty Catter. It just identifies you from a demographic point of view. So that's one constituency that's interested in this data in retail. The second constituency is if you think of PepsiCo or Coca-Cola, what you may have discovered in the last 15 or 20 years is that their means with which to communicate to their customers is diminishing. Print, we all know where print is. It's almost dead. Broadcast, although broadcast has pivoted to other sub-channels, broadcast is dead as well. The internet itself has exploded, not only with respect to its reach and distribution, but with respect to its value to an advertiser. Part of what Google did in 1992-ish is they figured out a way to monetize the internet through advertising. We all understand that. Visibility, and they did that because they're able to big up, they're able to bring up profiles of buying groups. If you're launching an energy drink in South Florida, you can buy impressions delivered to 25-year-old males through Google. You can do that. What if we could do the same thing? And this is the hypothesis of visibility. What if we could do the same thing in retail spaces? What if we could inform advertisers who's in retail, demographically speaking, real time, so they can buy and then measure the effectiveness of their ads, exactly the same way they're doing it on the internet. So even though it's sort of an obscene thing to say, and I immediately acknowledge this, visibility is to physical spaces, bricks and mortar, what Google is to cybersphere. So it's the measurement piece. The second part of our company, which is um, has enormous appeal, and but it's growing moment over moment and day over day, although it does suffer some unique political and procedural challenges in the U.S. in particular, is our security business. The notion of doing security was brought to us by a retailer, actually, who we had deployed our traditional product. Remember, this is in aisle and uh, uh, somewhere, in the, somewhere in the store measuring movements of persons. They brought to us this, this particular challenge. Well, I've got a problem. I've got bad guys that come into my store every Friday, same guys, and they steal beer. I can't get my five foot three loss prevention officer to tackle them. I don't want to expose that person to that risk. So what ends up happening is we end up documenting it. Okay, that's great. Now you know who it is, and that doesn't put you any further ahead. So we're talking about a prevention capability. Now we take the photos of the bad guys. They're demonstrated bad guys having been caught in the act. Take a picture of them with your iPhone, enroll that picture in a database, and now at the same time as our cameras are doing all the other things that I described to you, we're looking for the bad guys. And when we see them, we alert on them. We now relieve the loss prevention officer of matching a static photo to a person in live We let the computer do that. We do not relinquish decision-making. Decision-making still happens in the hands of a human being. It's not not the robots are taking over. This is is incredibly valuable to to a retailer. And so that's where our journey into smart cities began, where in addition to looking for what we call POI, persons of interest, which is where it started. We can do things like we can teach computers how to recognize objects. What's the most important object to recognize in a security context? A weapon. So we can see a weapon. It's optical. So if it's hidden in my belt buckle or my, you know, I I can't see it. It's, It's not visible. 
But on this tragedies of these school shootings, uh, bad guy comes out, brandishes a weapon. Weapon can be seen and we can alert on the presence. I'm excited by that just as a quick example, because now we can deliver real benefit to our company. Then we can save lives. I'm 55 years old. I've worked my entire career in what I would describe at this point to be kind of meaningless software. You know, overall, from a human value point of view, we're now at a place where I can reasonably and legitimately say we can save lives or, uh, as importantly, identify bad guys in public spaces and make uh, the appropriate authorities aware of this. In addition to what the cameras are doing for the security point of view, things like Public utilities, if the garbage cans are full in Times Square, how many people are in Times Square, what's the overall traffic, how many vehicles, if there's a specific vehicle that was associated with a crime, we can look for make and model, we can look for license plate. These are all computer vision challenges. And here's the punchline, Patty. Eight years ago, this none of this existed. We're talking about building a brand new category of opportunity here. And that's really what's most exciting for us. That really is exciting. I had somebody break into my car about a year or so ago, and I was so upset. We have video, but nobody can figure out whose faces they are. So even just for me, I would be interested in purchasing something like that for my home. I know that's not available right now, but that's some well, great. I, the, the overall business right now, just in the US, just in terms of market size, security services, and you know what they are, ADT, and there's a thousand of them. Mm-hmm. That marketplace today is about 100 billion in size. It will be, by 2025, it will grow to 187 billion in size. Wow. You can scan the marketplace and not find a single category with that kind of growth rate. Mm-hmm. And what's most meaningful is, look, sure, we're a pioneer in this category, but we're not alone. You know, there was a time in my career where I took the fact that competition was entering my market as like a personal offense. <laughs> and that's validation as much as anything, because mm-hmm. big companies, large companies won't come into this category unless it was a real bona fide category, right? Exactly. So, so what I'm what we're expecting is traditionally, historically, this hundred billion dollar size of marketplace has been populated by what I call dumb cameras. And it will be obvious what I mean by that. Cameras that do not use inference logic or artificial intelligence to make determinations on what's happening. Now, going forward, something like 50 to 70% of the market going forward, that $87 billion delta will be smart cameras. Cameras that use inference logic to make determinations. Why? We have a problem. I'll give you a casino example. Three guys in a control center are monitoring 1,600 cameras. There's no... There's no person on the planet that can perform that job successfully. So is there an argument for what I call, I'm a software guy, so apologies up front, a middleware application that monitors the cameras on behalf of the operator looking for 10 different things, looking for anomalies. And when an anomaly is found, instead of trying to cut through the noise of 1,600 cameras, We zero in on the camera that is producing an anomaly and we let the operator make the determination if that's worthwhile to investigate. For example, we're looking for patty catter, some other patty catter um, as as a person of interest. Mm -hmm. And the software, because artificial intelligence is probabilistic, not deterministic. It's not binary. Yes, no, this is patty. It's 
we have an 89% certainty that the person we just saw in the frame at this location is Patty. So we bring that information to the operator. The operator can do a physical intervention. Is this or is this not? And then act on that. So we're talking about a layer of security, which provides for you and I, Patty, greater confidence than the places we go that we might feel at risk. We now have a greater certainty that uh, we're not at risk, or at least there are steps being taken to ensure that we're safe. This MGM event where the bad guy went up to the tower and killed 52 people, I think. MGM lost a class action lawsuit for $800 million. How do you think MGM feels about investing in the next level of artificial intelligence cameras? Even if it costs them $100 million, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a very easy decision because there's this concept of duty of care. If technology existed to somehow ameliorate the event and you didn't use it, you now have liability all over yourself. Mm -hmm. So schools, retail casinos, it goes on and on. So when you were younger, did you ever picture yourself doing something like this, running this type of company? This is huge. Well, the company's not huge yet. We <laughs> certainly have aspirations to be huge, but I, I appreciate the blessings that you send our way on that regard. Um, you know, I'm a software guy. I stumbled into this from business school and my first job, I, I got really lucky. Often it's about right place, right time. You know, mm-hmm. my first boss took me under his wing at 26 years old and put me on, uh, put me on the mergers and acquisitions team. It was a software company and he liked me because he was a Brit in Canada, traveling away from his family. I was also young and single and we, we hung together and he taught me everything he knew. And that's what got me into telecom initially. And then, uh, this is my first iteration into, uh, artificial intelligence. And I don't think it's a I don't think it's a diff- it's a wild difference because I've always been in software. So, and I have, as you may have discovered, a, a technical approach to the business. So I like to get into the nuts and bolts of it. So, you know, I'd never envisaged it. Uh, I, I've been blessed. I've, I've been uh, surrounded by people that are, for the most part, a great deal smarter than me. And I tend to get drafting off of them, which is great. What would you say to the naysayers who say that that's too invasive? That security is just way too invasive. So I get it, right? Um, there's a demographic component to this whole privacy argument. Um, my father, 82 years old, no way would I ever use that tech. No way would I ever be subjected to that technology. Big brother, big government, you know the arguments. Mm-hmm. And I get that point of view completely because, you know, I'm 55 and, you know, that that's something that circles in my brain from time to time. As a quick addition to that, my three boys, 27, 25, and 23, they don't care. They've been, they've been, they've been tagging themselves on Facebook for 10 years, right? So there's, there's just nothing that they care about with respect to privacy. So it's a, it's a generational and transitional thing, Mm -hmm. but let me, and we go out of our way to try to educate our customers because this specter in our retail business and in security comes up every time. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. If we're doing a, a a deployment with a a large beverage company, say it's Coca-Cola, just a, 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 for instance. Coca-Cola is concerned not with um, the use of the technology because they they want that which the technology can collect clearly mm-hmm. because that's very valuable to them. But what they're concerned about is the front page of the Washington Post, Coca-Cola deploys facial recognition to headline yourself. It's not positive. And so they worry about brand erosion and brand impact and 
That's what's driving the big companies to have this dialogue. But when we take them through what we actually do, there's a lot of relief. And what we actually do in all of our business, except for the POI, which I'll park over on the side for a moment, Mm -hmm. we just collect, I'm going to sound like a software geek again, we just collect metadata, high-level data that is not uh, identifiable. If you found a hard drive with all of the data that visibility has ever collected anywhere, and you were able and you were able to deconstruct what was on that hard drive, you could never ever infer identity in any event. So that's part of, that's more than anything. That's the litmus test. That's the that's the validation. Data we collect is things like age, gender, sentiment, dwell, and then movement. Sometimes we'll we're working on things like gait analysis. Your gait is unique to Patty or is unique to somebody else. The way you walk, it's like a fingerprint. So we're seeing more of that kind of technology coming into our pipeline of products. Uh, But once we share with our customers what we actually collect, there's still concern, but it's now more of a navigation concern. How do we navigate these issues as opposed to, oh my God, we're in trouble because we collect bad data. We don't and never have. So it's an education process. And that's why it gets me so upset, frankly. And I feel some emotion in me on this, but... What facial recognition is not the same as face detection, and they're used synonymously, erroneously. Face detection is, for me, an indicator that a person is there, and I now can run my software to determine the age, sex, and sentiment of that person. But that doesn't expose that person in any way that that weakens their privacy. It's just a data point. And the data point is collected for augmenting and providing insights for optimized marketing. It's nothing else. It's not privacy related. This is why I kind of get my, I kind of get a little bit heated because it is so misunderstood. Now, having said that, when I take uh, a database of bad people and I'll biometrically enroll them in a database, so pictures in a database, those people have already done something to get them on that database. Right. So are we really, I mean, okay if we are, but are we really concerned about the privacy of someone that's a serial shoplifter? Or do I have a right as a private uh, independent grocer, as an example, to proactively look for those people? I can tell a person to do it. Can't I tell a computer to do it? Mm -hmm. Especially when a computer is less likely to be subjected to bias and error. Mm-hmm. I so agree. I think we have we have a sorting we have a sorting process in front of us right now in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Now your company is taking investors right now. Is that correct? We're a public company, mm-hmm. which means that uh, anyone interested in our mission, direction, and challenge can buy stock in the company. Yes. Mm-hmm. And where would people go do that? I know we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, I'll just put this out here, you guys. I don't advertise for people typically, and this isn't really an advertisement, but this is just kind of my experience. Um, our friend told us about this, this company visibility and, um, said that he invested. So we researched a little bit and decided to invest in it also. Personally, I think it's great. It's futuristic. It's something that I believe is going to be really useful, especially as the days go by. Um, And we ended up buying stock here in the U.S. And it 
the, the initials that you would look up would be VSBGF. And I can make sure that we put that in the show notes. But what about those in Canada? Now we trade, uh, we have a primary trade and a secondary trade. In Canada, we trade in the Canadian Stock Exchange under the ticker VSBY, Victor Sierra Bravo Yankee. Mm-hmm. And in the US, as you said, uh, uh, VSBGF. Okay. Um, and that's traded uh, on the over-the-counter in the U.S. Uh, we are obviously, as any small public company, we have aspirations to go to NASDAQ and beyond, but uh, we are currently there. Mm-hmm. Canadian company with 100% of our operations in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And what would you tell people who are like, hmm, I might be interested in investing in this? Like, what would their perk be or what would the benefit that you would well, hope I, to be, <laughs> that you would hope t- would happen? I, I, well, the, when I, when people ask me why visibility, why now, which is essentially what you just asked me, mm-hmm. um, I, I say that um, you know we're a five year old company. We did we did ten times the revenue in 2020 that we did in 2019, and we're projecting to do ten times the revenue in 21 that we did in 2020. Uh, so I'm an investor. You're an investor. What do we look for? We look for the party that's not underway. It's just about ready to begin. (laughs) You don't want to be too early. You don't want to be a day before the party. You don't want to be a day after the party. You want to be just before the party begins. And for us at Visibility, we believe we're at that inflection point. Uh, And, you know, it's reflected in the movement of our stock price. We uh, Some of the things that's um, relevant to what the company's done is a couple of very big projects. And because of some of the background that you and I have just spoken about, Patty, in the U.S., we have gotten, we have secured most of our traction, though not exclusively, and look for the U.S. to quickly catch up. That's sort of me forecasting there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a lot of work in Latin America and two deals we've done in Latin America that are probably a lot to do with the movement in our stock at the moment have to do with our deal with uh, Mexico City. Uh, 40,000 smart camera network is going in. It's at about 5,000 cameras now and it's going to 40,000 in the next two and a half years. Big deal for us. Largest smart cities deployment in the Northern Hemisphere. And also in Latin America, you remember I told you we have two sides of the business, retail and security. Mm-hmm. On the retail side, uh, we're, uh, we've are we landed a deal with Anheuser-Busch to do 100,000 stores that they either own directly or or have influence over in Latin America to do, to do digital display, which is component one of what we deliver, anonymous analytics, what we, we've just discussed, and security. If you run a convenience store in Mexico City, you will be robbed. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. So the idea of deploying our retail business alongside our security business as a single solution is for us, like what you want to, what you want more than anything as the CEO is every component of what you build to be consumed by your customer. And that's exactly what's happening in Latin. That deal is a several hundred million dollar deal over the next seven years. And so for a little company, um, it's transient, uh, sorry, transitional, mm-hmm. significant for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. And then I, um, everybody who knows me knows I research everything before I would ever even ask you to be on the show. I want to make sure you're a good guy. You know, you're a good person, decent company. All you that talk stuff. to my wife. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I usually wouldn't do that. Okay. But that's, that's a 50, 50 toss up right yeah, there. Right. Absolutely. Happen. 28 years of marriage. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, but one of the, the great things I noticed too, is you continuously have some news coming out. It seems like, so every couple of weeks I see something in the news about your company, which is great because, um, we all know that 
that is important. Like if, if the company is not worth talking about, it's not going to be in the news. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Especially today. It's important as a public company who we garner our investors through public exposure Mm -hmm. to continue to tell the the investors you're executing on the vision. Mm -hmm. Because if you, if you don't talk, they assume that you're not executing on the vision. So it's important to continue to hold that presence in their, in their brains. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you'd like to add into the today's show? Any? No, I, I really appreciate the opportunity of speaking to you, Patty. I do a lot of these, but never with the, the kind of human interest angle that this one's taken. And I enjoy that opportunity. So oh, I'm so glad. I thank you. Yeah. I'm really glad that you came on. I, um, I'm, I'm always interested in who's behind the scenes of a good company. So yeah. Thank, thank you, you for the opportunity. Thank you for being on. And I'm going to keep my listeners up to date on your company every once in a while. Maybe we'll have you back on in a few months and see how we're doing. Certainly happy to do an, a milestone update in three or four yes. months. Yes. I think it's going to be great. I just have this feeling. So Excellent. thank you, Jay. And thank, thank you, Patty. Yes. Thank you everybody for listening. Make sure that you t- tune in every Friday. Um, we release a new episode. Jay, thank you again for joining us and everybody have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Follow Patty at Patty Catter on Facebook and Instagram. Get social. You can now watch Wake Up with Patty Catter on Amazon TV and Roku. It's the only podcast I listen to. Be sure to check out Patty's apparel line, The Patriotic Mermaid at thepatrioticmermaid.com and on social media at The Patriotic Mermaid. I love it. Special thanks to Patty's content creator, Alicia Thompson. Thanks for all that you do. Visit ThompsonCreate.com for all your marketing and design inquiries. 